Okay, so episode 19, we're going to discuss tertiary activity in the GDA. I kind of realised that these regional episodes are getting a bit longer than I would like. Getting a bit too waffly with the information. I just genuinely actually love talking about regional geography, so I find myself going off on tangents every now and again. I'm going to try limit that and keep it back to the 10 minutes because that's what I plan to deliver. So I'm going to go straight in. Basically, what we need to know, tertiary activity in the GDA. We need to know three factors that affect tertiary activity. We're going to look at transport, tourism and financial services. Getting straight into the content. Um, 80% of workers in the GDA are employed in the tertiary sector. That is four-fifths of all employment is employed in this tertiary sector in the GDA. So it just dominates huge numbers here. And we're going to see how that kind of plays out okay and going straight on here to discuss transport in the gdua we've actually already touched on this on previous um primary and secondary activities so you're going to see how that information bleeds into this and how it's all relevant so as we've already discussed transport is a folk or the gda is the focal point of all road and rail networks in ireland so all motorways from the m1 to the m11 are connected to the gda and this just links the region to all major cities in Ireland. So it links the GDA straight to Cork, Galway, Belfast. Then we could look at the M50 and we could kind of, even if we just look at it from a map, it runs in a semicircle around Dublin City. And this is what we call a radial road. And it's just aimed at kind of diverting the traffic away from the city so cars can pass around. When we're discussing transport in Ireland, we need to actually discuss one initiative that was put in place that kind of brought us up to where we are today, and it's called the National Development Plan. I'm going to refer to it as the NDP. So up until like the early 2000s, um, the GDA's transport infrastructure was really underdeveloped, so really poor roads, there was high amounts of traffic, lack of public transport. And that coupled with the Celtic Tiger, this kind of everyone had more disposable income. It led to an increase in car usage and roads could not cater for the demand anymore. So there was high amounts of traffic in the early 2000s in Dublin. Do you want, you're not going to see this in our books, but that's kind of occurring again today as the GDA continues to grow. So we could look at the commuter belt getting bigger. So the Dublin commuter belt, people are living in Ga or in Gorey and commuting to work in Dublin every day, which is a two-hour commute. So as this commuter belt gets bigger, there's increased traffic demand on the M50 that's going to need to be addressed in the next couple of years. I used to work in IT Tala, and it's a 30-minute drive from my house. So if I left my house at 7 in the morning, I'd be in for half 7. But if I left at quarter past 7, I wouldn't get in till half 8. That's because of the traffic on the M50, and it just kind of highlights how this issue needs to be addressed in the future. So the NDP, it was basically just this huge investment in public transport systems. So as I've said before, we live the GDA, so we just need to discuss the transport systems that we use every day. Firstly, we could look at the DART. So there was a kind of upgraded trains and services, more frequent DARTs were ran. Then we had the construction of the two Lewis lines. The M50 was upgraded to a six-lane motorway with this automated toll bridge. So once you start driving, it's a pain in the this toll bridge. So you'll drive under the automated toll bridge, and then you have to pay your toll by 8 p.m. the next day. And obviously, you just forget. Like, you have to go to, like, a news agent and pay your toll. You can pay it online now, but I always forgot and always got fined. 
sorry, tangent, port tunnel. So the construction of the port tunnel just allowed, just meant that HGV trucks didn't have to pass into the city, reducing traffic in the city centre. Bus lanes were expanded. So this is kind of happening again as we speak um, through an initiative brought forward by the National Transport Authority in 2008. And they're expanding bus lines again around Dublin city centre. And there was kind of blowback against this as there was like protests by re local residents. And they were tying red tape around trees. So if you see red tape around a tree, that's like save our trees. We don't want to expand our bus lanes and kind of cut down the trees as the city is congested enough as it is. Just interesting to note there. Then we could look at Dublin Airport. So the construction of Terminal 2 allowed just more traffic to pass through the airport so in 2019 we had 32 million passengers pass through dublin airport which is huge num huge numbers okay and moving on to discuss tourism in the gda so the gda receives more tourists than any other region in ireland that's something we should we could all kind of cop onto off the top of our heads one of the main reasons behind that is that the main port of entry into the country is located in the gda so we could look at dublin airport Dublin port as the main ways of entering the country so if you want to come into Ireland you have to enter through the GDA and that's kind of backed up by the data here where in 2019 90% of flights into Ireland landed in Dublin airport says it all so tourism is worth like 7.6 billion to the economy in the GDA and unlike the west of Ireland tourism is not seasonal so when we get to study in the west of Ireland here you'll start to see how tourism only kind of happens during the summer down there along the wild Atlantic way, the cliffs of Moher. That's not the case here in the GDA where tourism is kind of a constant beneficiary to the economy. Unlike the west of Ireland, again, the GDA does not rely on visitors from outside the country. So last year in the GDA, we had 6 million domestic tourists. And I like to make this kind of remark here about my college mates. I'm going to call it, they are cultures, like they're from the country, but they'll only come up to, um, to Dublin to do their Christmas shopping in December. So when they come up in December, we'll have a get together or whatever. But that's domestic tourism taking place when cultures come up to Dublin to do their Christmas shopper, shopping. And yes, I'm allowed to call them cultures, I'd say it to their face. So moving on. So tourism took a hit during the last recession. Um, I don't really, I'm not going to focus on that a lot here. What I kind of want us to start thinking about now is the impact of the COVID-19 crisis on tertiary activity as tourism has essentially been shut down in the country as a result of that. And I want us to follow up on the numbers here. Like, so at the moment, it's being forecasted that the economy is going to shrink by 7% as a result of this COVID-19 crisis in 2020. That's going to be worse than the last um, recession that hit Ireland in 2008. So I, you need to follow, follow up on numbers here because the numbers obviously haven't been generated yet. We're in the middle of it, but it's going to have a serious impact on tourism in Ireland. And it's a great place to build SRPs. And it's easy to remember because we actually lived through it. Um, we are particularly at risk as we rely heavily on tourism, the GDA here. So this, as I said, this is going to have huge impacts on the future. We could start considering like, is there going to be stricter border? Is there going to be strict border restrictions to kind of stop this from happening again and maybe we could address the, um this idea of free travel between eu member states is that going to have to be readdressed now as the covid19 crisis to kind of highlight some frailties in the system i'm using big words there but something that you need to be thinking about is what are the impacts of this covid19 crisis going to have on tourism in the gda in the future it's a really really interesting thing to study
And then lastly, about tours, and we could just look at some tourist attractions in the GDA. So we have Dublin. It's like this perfect city break. Lots of pubs, restaurants, the Guinness Brewery, Dublin Zoo. We could discuss Wicklow. So it has this natural beauty, Glendalough. Wicklow Mountains, great places to go for hikes. We could look at Kildare for sports. They have the Curra horse racing, generates loads of money down there. And the K Club for golf. And finally, going on to discuss financial services. So... We need to look at one area in particular here, and it's the IFSC, or the International Financial Service Centre. And that's located in Dublin, right beside the Tree Arena, along the Keys there. Um, it was set up in 1987, and the government attracted companies to set up here by offering a really low corporation tax of actually 10%. And this has led to the IFSC being the headquarters of Ireland's main banks, where a lot of international trade goes on. So to be dealing with international trade rather than, you know, me going into the bank and taking out 20 euro. Obviously, that just means that a lot of money passes through the region. So the IFSC has been a huge success in the GDA. Firstly, it kind of aided in reversing emigration and in unemployment in the 1980s. And secondly, the IFSC kind of has created good relationship with colleges in Dublin so many college graduates find employment in the IFSC through internships and working really closely with the colleges an example of this might be like KPMG which is a global global bank with whose headquarters is located in the IFSC so like one of my best mates went straight from college to work from KPMG and they're actually now paying for him to do his accountancy exams so that's just how they kind of they have access to these highly skilled graduates to come out of UCD, Trinity, DIT, all that good stuff. So today, the IFSC employs over 35,000 people and pays 1 billion euro in corporation tax per year and a further billion on tax to employees' wages. So it's contributing hugely to the kind of economy in the GDA. And 25 of the world's top banks are located there. And finally, exam breakdown. So you're going to see this come up in the 30 marker section so it came up last year examine two factors that have influenced the development of tourism in an irish region that you have studied so that came up in 2019 so you'd get two srps for naming your factors and then you'd need another six or seven srps on each factor so we follow the same structure as all other regional essays here so firstly we're going to name and describe the factor i'm going to go through tourism really quick so name and describe the factor so tourism um, the highest amount of tourism in Ireland is located in the GDA. That is because it's the main point of entry to the country through Dublin Airport, Dublin Port. We could back that up by data by discussing how 90% of all flights landed here. Secondly, then we go to discuss, go on to discuss how does tourism affect tertiary activity in the region. So we could discuss this idea of how it's year-round tourism. So what does that actually mean for the region? How does this constant flow of people and flow of money into the economy, unlike the west of Ireland where they rely on seasonal tourism and kind of good weather? Then we could go on to discuss this idea of domestic tourism and then discuss what does that mean for the region. So we could go on maybe and say how money generated in the Irish economy stays in the Irish economy, how we had 6 million domestic tourists to the region. And then lastly, I'd go on and I'd discuss COVID-19. So we'd maybe create a link to the recession of 2018, show how there's similarities involved, and then maybe discuss the implications for the future. There's going to be some serious implications for the future of tourism in Ireland here. And just be aware of that. And then finally, we discuss tourism in a specific area. I'm going to discuss Dublin City really quick. So this idea that it's the perfect city for a 
city break. Like it has tourist attractions such as the Guinness Brewery, Dublin Zoo, plenty of bars and restaurants. Maybe we could create a link to Irish culture and how, for example, when Americans come over, they have this preconceived notion that Irish people love drinking in bars and that's how that's linked to Irish culture and culture and how that impacts tourism then. So like 8% of total employment in the country is in bars and restaurants and bars and restaurants alone generated 30, 36% of all profits in the tourism industry last year. So it's generating huge numbers there and that is linked to the Irish culture. I'm going to leave it there, folks. Speak soon.